0: Yes.
1: Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business.
2: On this week's Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, this radio show is going to focus on a couple other radio shows. We'll take a look at the lives and careers of two of the most popular radio personalities in Central Arkansas, David Basil and Pool Boy. First up, Mr. David Basil.
0: Before I introduce today's guest, I want to let you know if you miss any part of today's show, want to hear it again or share it, there's a way and Sun Gray will tell you how.
1: All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, Flag and com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts, just ask your smart speaker to play Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or Flag and com's email list, you will receive prior notification of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie.
0: Thanks, Gray. My guest today is one of the few men I know that really looks good in puka shell necklace.
1: Oh, goodness!
0: <laughs> the well-known and former Razorback football player, David Basil. Hey, Gary. Hey, baby. As I let me tell ta- let me tell about you. Come on. As a linebacker for the University of Arkansas in 1984 football season, David had a total of 113 tackles Mm -hmm. before he was sidelined with a shoulder and back injury. And this sounds like a lot to me. But his contribution to the sport did not stop there. David is not just a good-looking media personality in Little Rock, Arkansas. He is also a thinker and a doer, being credited with founding the nationally renowned Broyles Award that honors the best assistant coaches in college football, the popular touchdown club that during the football season has a weekly luncheon with celebrity guest speakers. And how about this? The battle for the boot, a football rivalry between Louisiana and Arkansas, is the brainchild of David. This day, these days, you can hear David affectionately called the Baz, chatting it up each weekday morning on 103.7 The Buzz, and see him on TV during the Razorback football season as a pre-game host and commentator. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the table my friend and Little Rock's beloved former Razorback sportscaster, local celeb, and
3: activist, Mr. David Basil. Wow, what a lovely introduction. Good to see you, Carrie. Yeah. Thank
0: you, David, for coming. So let's start at the beginning. Do you come from an athletic family?
3: Uh, I'm an only child. came from Panama City, Florida. My dad was a pretty good athlete, small, undersized, didn't play football. So I was the only one to do that and uh, left Panama City to come play football at Arkansas for Lou Holtz back in the early 80s.
0: So you were born in Florida?
3: Yeah, Panama City.
0: Redneck Riviera. I huh. did. I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah.
3: I, so kinda... it was for for me to come up here. It was pretty unique because, you know, where I'm from down there, nobody knew much about Arkansas. But I, I wanted to go to a place to where, if I, when I once I left, I could make an impact. This was a 16 year old kid making that decision. So I knew if I went to Arkansas, if I could to achieve success with the Razorbacks, it would open up doors because I couldn't believe how much people love the Razorbacks here. Where I'm from. Every every block in your neighborhood had Alabama, Florida State, Florida, you know, Auburn. And so, but the loyalties here, there are other schools here, but Arkansas was such a dominant thing to where I thought, you know, if I came up here, succeeded, once I got through a school, it would open up a lot of doors. And you it has You said you were 16? So, oh, a 16-year-old senior making that decision.
0: Why were you a 16-year-old I senior? I started
3: school early. So I was playing football for the Razorbacks when I was 17. How about that? And crazy. you were a
0: linebacker. I
3: was a linebacker. Yes,
0: that's a big guy's position. Right?
3: Undersized, but I was quick. I was strong. I had a good football IQ. Played with had some really good coaches. So, uh, but I, I'm still like today. Uh, I had a shoulder replacement a year ago. It failed. I, had to, I can't even raise my arm. So I think that being undersized and playing that game overuse from foot. You know, I'm paying for it now. But I would still do the same thing. I love the game.
0: That's uh, my next question. You had as a you were a linebacker and had one hundred and thirty three tackles in one season, which seems like a lot. Is that a lot?
3: Seems yeah, like that's a, lot. a pretty good year. That's a pretty good year back in the day. We had some good defenses back when I played. Why
0: did you pick that? if you were small, why did you pick that position?
3: Well, I was big enough. I just wasn't one of those guys that was six four. I was strong enough to where I was fast enough. You know the the linebacker on defense is is similar to the quarterback on offense. So you need a guy who's a leader who who knows the defense can make the calls, and so I, I listen. I would rather hit somebody than be hit. I love to hit than rather be hit.
0: I'd be the kicker.
3: That's the this. There's nothing the matter with that.
0: That way, they if they hit you, they get a penalty.
3: You, <laughs> yes, but you have to make your you have to make your kicks.
0: Well, everything's everything you do is big. It
3: is big. It is. It's 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 it's. You, if you listen, you, you're either the hero or the goat. There is no in between
0: uh so you talked about your shoulder injury and you also had a back injury which forced you to the sideline tell us about that play that caused the injury
3: yeah i think i remember heard it in practice uh, i think you know my sophomore year and i dealt with it uh the doctor said i probably would never play again and i remember dean weber the trainer saying you know go out one more practice if you can make it through this practice you'll keep playing if not maybe you need to hang it up and i went out there and had a good day fought my way through it you know and and uh you know, again, when you're undersized, you get hurt a lot. And so, yeah. my deal was, I don't—I'm going to figure out a way to stay on the field, and that's what I did. Even though I was injured, I was prone because I'm smaller than most guys. Mm. And so, that's what the Razorbacks are made up of. The history of Razorbacks are made of—you got to have those All-American types. You got to have Darren McFadden and the Billy Ray Smith, but you got to have guys like Tony Cherico and Drew Morgan who undersize, but they love the game. They're—they're they're football. They—they they play with passion because they represent the state.
0: They're a big heart. They got a that, big heart. A, they play with
3: heart. Effort and heart Carrie, It goes a long way.
0: That's what uh, Lou Holtz always said. He said, "I don't want the best quarterback in the world. I want the quarterback with the
3: most heart." That's exactly right, Carrie. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. <laughs> that's exactly what I said.
0: So, uh, who was your coach when you
3: were there? So, Lou Holtz was my coach for the first three oh, years, well and then yes, and then Ken Hatfield was my coach for the last two years. So, so I had a chance Both you had great, two, two completely different kind of coaches. Both were really great. One of my favorite stories I always tell is that we were playing number one Texas. Uh, 1981. Nobody gave us a chance to win. And Coach Holtz came in the locker room, but he was always good at preparing for the big game. And Kerry, he got up there in front of all of us. He said, "When the national media come to this locker room after this game is over, you tell them this was not an upset. Go get them." <laughs> and we beat them 42 to 11. Whoa! We beat them 42 to 11. We, the number one team in the nation. He was always good at at preparing a very intense, you know, sometimes bad could treat you poorly. Uh, but he was. Uh, How such, come you beat him? Well, we were better prepared. They were. They were probably over over ranked, But but we had a good football team, and we were better prepared. And Lou was always the rest. That's why he's a hall of famer. No matter where he went, Notre Dame, he always prepared well. So a lot of pressure. He put a lot of pressure on you during the week to practice well, so you would play well. So all preparation. Preparation is is a huge key. Same kind of thing when I play for the Razorbacks, I do today. When I get up and do the buzz every morning. I know I better be prepared or I'm going to embarrass myself or have the potential to embarrass. Whatever I do, the Brawls War, the Touchdown Club, if I don't do a good job, of pre- just like you guys, if you, if you don't come in here and prepare decently, you'll embarrass yourself or have the potential to. So it's the same principles that, that I was doing back in you know uh, junior high school football.
2: That's David Basil. Now let's get to know Carrie's other guest on this program featuring a couple of Little Rock's biggest radio personalities. This is Pool Boy.
0: Get ready to have some listening fun today because pool boy is in the house. What's up? Yes, my guest is local celebrity pool boy from the Heather.
4: You're using the term celebrity real fast and loose there. I am not. a celebrity. I am not. Uh Celebrities don't have two and three and four jobs.
0: But they have two names, which you have. Some do, unless you're Cher or Madonna. Don't start critiquing. Yeah, right. <laughs> they actually have two names probably too, but don't start critiquing me already. He's already on me because, you know, he's a radio show host. He's going to come in here and tell me everything I'm doing right and everything I'm doing Absolutely
4: wrong.
0: Absolutely not. Oh. You pool. do it
4: You, you do it the way you want to do it. That's what I've learned.
0: I'm going to get advice from you today because this is a business advice show. Okay. So you are in the business. I
4: can tell you what not to do. I can I can definitely do that.
0: Uh Uh-oh, that's going to be like everything I do. You're going to go, don't do that. Oh, Carrie, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. So anyway, my not-celebrity pool boy from the Heather and Pool Boy radio show is on today.
4: Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. This is fun. It's nice to be able to sit back and not be the guy pressing the buttons and just getting to sit back and talk. This is great.
0: You are going to have fun. I cannot be as good as Heather, though but I'm going to try. She's awesome. I listen to her. She's just
4: charming. She's great. She is uh, an amazing co-host. We've been together, uh, working together now for 13 years. She's been there 18 years. Um, So I'm I'm very blessed to get to work with her. We have a really good chemistry and uh, it just, it makes my mornings fun. It's, I mean, I look forward to going to work. You should. Yeah, you should. You should look forward to go to work. If you don't quit. Oh, that is so true. Quit once you find another job. Let's say there has been multiple times in my life I've wanted to quit a job I was at, but I would not quit that job until I had the other job, you know, lined up. Uh, But then I would be ready to quit. Um, I just... You know, I was when I got into radio, I was also bartending at the same time. And I continued to do that for years after I got into radio because, I mean, radio is, I mean, it can change. I mean, things can happen or maybe I wouldn't like it or whatever. So I was not able to uh, let go of that one job until I felt secure in the next job. I've always had two and three jobs, you know, for as long as I can remember.
0: I think every great entrepreneur and successful pe- person does.
4: I like to stay busy. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's a lot of it. Hard worker. Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think success. The lady was on last week, Robbie Davis from Robbie Davis insurance agency. She said, there's no great, you know, mystery to success. It's just working hard. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it really is. If you're laying on the couch, you're not going to get the job you may
4: want. That's that's
1: right. It's pretty
0: simple. All right. Let me introduce you. A little bit and tell people a little bit about you. Okay. You are the person that we all know and love. You're a pool boy from the Heather and Pool Boy Morning Show mm-hmm. on Alice 107.7 yep. in Little Rock, Arkansas, for those of you that aren't in Little Rock. And you are so genuinely fun and infectious that both the Arkansas Times and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette has voted you the best personality radio.
4: That's right. Um, it's That's awesome. That That is amazing. Um, you know, you can read... Um, you know stats and and whatever um, about you know how your radio station is performing, uh, but it's awards like that that uh, the public, the community votes on um, that kind of lets you know how you're doing and how uh, you, well you're liked, and so to get um, those kind of accolades. Means so much more than you know getting you know maybe a rating from a rating book or, or something like that because be, people took the time to you know fill out that form to say oh Heather and Pulbo show is, is is my favorite love listen to them Thriller Thursdays is awesome uh, whatever that means that means a lot so that 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 is really 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 cool. You
0: also boast that you can eat four and a half hot dogs in seven minutes, that you once drank a half gallon of eggnog in thirty seconds, and that you are a two time winner of the Make a Wish foundation lip
4: sync battle. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I mean, look, you guys asked for this stuff. Uh, so I so I gave it to you. Um, <laughs> and I, I just try to come up with things that, that I have done. Yeah. I entered a hot dog eating contest uh, one year uh, in honor of the 4th of July Nathan's hot dog eating contest they do in Coney Island. And because uh, I thought that I could do something. Uh, But no, I mean, but four and a half, I thought was a pretty dang good. I mean, that's-
0: you are not kidding.
4: That's uh, couldn't you
0: eat them still? Are you sick of hot dogs? I'm sick
4: of hot. I'll I very rarely touch eggnog again after that. Within like, (laughs) I'm not no lie. Within like 15 minutes of doing that, you threw up. Yes, from both (laughs) ends. I mean, it was it was it was horrible. And for not not just like once. I mean, it was all it was all day. It was an all day thing. I mean, ruined myself. Yeah, Lionel Richie style, all night long. It. it was, uh, it was awful. It was a rough two days after that.
0: Oh, uh, there's just some things that aren't worth it. Uh, yeah. Let's say you're in Arkansas, you're in Arkansan through and through, having graduated from Catholic High in Little Rock, University yeah. of Arkansas in Fayetteville with mm-hmm. a BA in communications and then- Tell me if I'm right. Fresh out of college, you applied for an internship at Alice 107 and
4: was hired. No, nah, it was it was it was after that. Um, I did KXUA radio in Fayetteville, um, and then I, I didn't really do anything with radio after that. W- went into uh, property management and some real estate there for a while. Then um, I figured out that that's not really what I wanted to do. It was um, I wasn't loving it. I wasn't happy, and mm-hmm. so I came. Uh, to a buddy of mine who opened a bar and I was like, I need a job. And so I started bartending. Um, uh, the girl I bartended with had a roommate and she sent my application into the radio station. She to obviously, 107? Yeah, she obviously wanted better for me than to be a bartender. And so... Uh, uh, no, it was good. It, was it good. is good. It was cool. No, absolutely. It was totally cool. And uh, they um, they ended up hiring me and it was for a part-time producer position. And that's how... I got my start and I just, I I worked year after year. I did anything that anybody would ever ask of me. Um, I accepted, uh, you know, little jobs here and there around the radio station that weren't necessarily in my wheelhouse, but I learned to do them. I was always willing to learn from somebody else that was around there, make myself more valuable. The more skills that I could pick up around the radio station, uh, I felt the better from running the board to, Um, you know, working the front desk to, you know, going on a sales call to, you know, whatever it was, um, I was willing to learn because I just felt that the more knowledge I had, the more valuable I became to the, to the company, harder for them to fire me. If I knew more stuff.
0: I hate it when someone says that's not in my job description. I'm like, well, you're about to not even have a job. Exactly.
4: (laughs) Exactly. And so um, so I just, I hung around, I hung around, I hung around. You and, made yourself invaluable. And I, and I did. And I got, it was probably three years down the road when I got my first real contract. It, was, it wasn't much, but it was a contract. And um, I just, I kept at it. I kept at it. And here it is 13 years later. And I have my name on the morning show uh, with a wonderful co-host. And uh, we're having a, an amazing time.
0: So- I remember, actually, when you first went on Alice, and I remember when you were just a part-time guy that mm-hmm. would come on sometimes, and they they do live remotes with you from yeah. places. And frankly, I just thought, wow, that guy is such a playboy. <laughs> I think you were maybe back then. You're a married man now, and we'll talk about that. Yep, sure. Uh, uh, but DC left. He who did. Was, it was the Heather and DC show.
4: Mm-hmm, originally.
0: And then you had just made yourself so invaluable that- DC left and they were like, come on, move on up the ladder, keep moving.
4: It turned it. Um, yeah. I mean, talk about right place, the right time. Um, me being familiar with the audience um, I think helped and uh, of course played a role in that. And um, you know, it was a, it was a real, it was a real blow. Um, but what was a blow? Well, it, just the, the mix up, the change up, whatever what was going on. And then everything just, you know, just, it changed. Um, and you know, we were kind of in limbo of what was gonna happen next. And so but I was able to 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 jump in and fill the shoes for the time being, and, and luckily it worked out. And uh Heather and I have a chemistry and Oh, so, so you
0: just kinda went in as a, to fill the shoes while they looked for somebody else? Yeah,
4: that was you know, kind of And they're a, like,
0: Why are we looking for somebody else? He's so good. Let's just keep him.
4: Sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I was willing to do it for peanuts. <laughs>
0: sometimes you have to start there, but that's, you're not willing to do it for peanuts anymore. That's right. That's right. That's what, you, that's the way you have to start out sometimes though, you sure. kind of have, uh, sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm not taking that job because, you know, I'm a college graduate and I should be making more than that. And I'm not going to take that job. And I think, and, and I think get your foot in the door. Right. Always just get your foot in the door. Warren Buffett gave this speech to Harvard. I was watching it one time, and it was a bunch of MBA students from Harvard. And they said, how should we get jobs after we graduate from Harvard? And he said, I would recommend finding the company you want to work for rather than going out and finding the job that pays you that much money. But find the company that fits your personality. Mm -hmm. Go to that company. Get a job. He said, even if it means sweeping the floors at that company and start working really, really hard until they find out what a star you are, and you will move up the ladder there. Agreed. I thought that was great advice. I don't yeah. think that always people do it that way. They they come out kind of and they let their ego get in the way and they're like, I'm not going to take a $8 an hour job. Yeah. I'm worth more than that. Yeah.
4: But you know, I I knew that going into the situation, I was not seasoned. I, you know, I'd never hosted a, you know, a full morning show, you know, before um, I was you know, Rel- relatively new to everything, and um, but I was, you know, I was willing to to do whatever I had to do to do the job, and um, and I was willing to prove myself. I was, I knew that I had it in me. I knew that I could do good things with the opportunity, and so I did. So I just took it and took. You're it one of the few it.
0: people I know that actually went to school and got a degree in something that they're doing as a career later.
4: Well, you know, I didn't start out doing it that way. You know, I chose communications because it was easy. Um, I was so
0: honest. I, I love
4: it. I, I went to college to party. I'm not going to lie. I was looking forward to, I mean, I'd been at Catholic high, had my hair cut a certain way, wore the khakis and, and ties for four years. Uh, hadn't seen a girl in four years. Uh, I was ready <laughs> to go to college and uh, just, you know, live it up. And uh, I, I, I was all I mean, I, of course, I was interested in radio and television and acting and, and things like that. And communication seemed like a natural fit for me. I figured, hey, this is going to be great. This is going to be a lot of me standing in front of classes and talking at you and doing oral presentations and not writing and doing research and stuff like that. And it was. And that was, that was perfect for me. I could do that all day long. I could stand up in a class and, you know, half hung over and, you know, give you a, <laughs> you know, give you an exam worthy answer. <laughs> and uh, so it, was,
2: it it worked out. It worked out for me. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll switch back over to David Basil's story as we hop back and forth between two great radio personalities from Little Rock on today's show. Up in your business with Carrie McCoy, David Basil, and Pool Boy. We'll be
1: right back. You're listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of Flag dot com. Over forty years ago, with only four hundred dollars, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply flagandbanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016, branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. And today, in 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years. If you'd like to sponsor this show or get involved with any of Carrie McCoy's enterprises, send an email to me, gray, that's G-R-A-Y, at flagandbanner.com. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. The flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with
0: former Razorback linebacker, weekday morning host of 103.7 The Buzz, and TV commentator for Razorback football, Mr. David Basil, locally and lovingly known as The Baz. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I know everyone wants to hear about your relationship with Frank Boyles because I have watched you and him interact together, and it's charming, but don't talk about it yet. Before we do, let's fill in the gaps and talk about your life after college and what being a former Razorback did for your career, and what were some of the jobs leading up to your current position at 103.7. The Buzz, I can't believe you said you've been there for, you haven't been there. been there 17 years. Yeah.
3: I I, no. I started doing radio in in the mid-90s.
0: Do you have a degree in communications? I don't,
3: I don't. If I had to go back and do it again, I would, but didn't at the time. What'd you
0: go to college for?
3: Uh, You know, my, my parents didn't go to college. They had no idea what I was doing. I right. started out in general business, got out of it, ended up in a... Um, uh, an education uh, degree with a specialty on physical education and recreation. Well, that fits. Yeah, and, and after I got out of school, I went into the health club business. I was uh, where I ran the gold, first Gold Gym franchises in Arkansas. Really? Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. And so I competed against J- Jimbo Teens, and I yeah. had a buddy of mine that was, uh, he, may he rest in peace, was a cheerleader, and we opened three or four gold gyms, that was the first thing I did. And then I got into uh, uh, the orthopedic business, Arkansas sports uh, orthopedic business, where I helped the doctor, you know, get trainers and, you know, have school, high schools have trainers at site. And, and then all of a sudden I started getting more uh, media opportunities because, you know, back then they were looking for people to talk about sports and that were you well know, versed. And Wally Hall had the Wally Hall show and yep. Wally was a buddy of mine. So Wally had me on. And so one day Wendell Stacy, who was the weekend anchor for Channel 4, left for Memphis and the uh, the news director at Channel 4 called and said, would you like to do some real TV? So I went down to Channel 4. I had no training. I was horrible during the weekends. I was embarrassing. Uh, but it, So the way I look at it, Kerry, is that I like to try. I love trying different things. I love popping into other people's worlds. I've written for the Democrat Gazette, you know, a health and fitness column for seven years. I've done TV. I've done radio. I find it fascinating what everybody does. You know, I've had a chance to work doing PR for Jennings Osborne. I've had a chance to do stuff for Frank Brolls. So um, I find it really intriguing. I like to be challenged. I like to learn different things. I like to be, you know, I like to find new and exciting challenges. And so, yeah, I've really had a really cool experience here in Arkansas. It doesn't hurt. You're awfully nice looking. Well, you know, back when I was 60 pounds lighter, I was, uh, you could probably see my cheekbones a lot better than you can tonight. Uh, but, uh, no, the people in Arkansas, carry have been so good. You know, when I, when I came here, one thing, things, you know, I, I go around the country because of the Brules Award, different things. I'm proud to say that I'm an Arkansan, even though I was born in, in Panama City. People in Arkansas are real. Uh, I, I love to represent them. I'm proud of my, an Arkansas Razorback, and, and um, it, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to be able to represent Coach Brules and what I do and the other things as well.
0: You know, everybody that comes on here talks about that are transplants to Arkansas talk about how this is just such a well-kept secret
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, diamond in the rough
0: Amy Moe was talking about it two weeks ago the new Episcopal preacher from Trinity Episcopals here she said if anybody knew about Little Rock Arkansas they'd all be moving here
3: that's right Uh, yeah both looks and people
0: yeah uh talk about uh your early morning anchor on 103 the buzz uh describe your morning it's not as easy as it looks
3: that's exactly right Carrie everybody goes oh you just get up and talk for a living well, you, th- you think about it. So, you, so we have to get up every morning at six to start talking at six a.m. and be compelling and be interesting for four hours every day, five days a week, you know, uh, fifty plus weeks a year, and and we're supposed to talk about sports with our main thing, and we have the Razorbacks, and we don't and have any, other, we don't have any other pro. So, it's a it's a tremendous challenge. To be interesting, and and people, and we can't play music. We just can't punch up music and play music and walk outside and smoke a cigarette. Smoke a cigarette. So, <laughs> so it's a people don't realize, and uh, and some days are better than others. We'll admit it. Some days okay, it, this is going to make you mad. That won't be mad. This, your show
0: reminds me of a male version of The View on TV. Oh There's no question, you, 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 know, <laughs>
3: you know what I tell people we are? We're, we're a barbershop show. Oh, yeah, you go into a, a barbershop, and that's what you get. We'll talk about sports, we'll talk about relationships, we'll talk about a little bit of politics, not much, no, not uh, much, pop culture, music, whatever. Uh, that's what we do. We, we're, we're bigger than sports, we're more than sports.
0: Uh, you know what you won't talk about because I've been on your show with you a couple of times when I have been so angry with the athletic director's choice of football coaches and tried to say negative things about it, and y'all will not talk bad about the Razorbacks ever. Is that like a rule?
3: No, I think that's changed, Carrie, over the years. I think that really has. I think years ago when Coach Burles was there, if, if you did not toe the line, you would be out of favor and probably not have the opportunity to have access like you did now. Nowadays, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think everybody's fair game and, and social media. But I think back then it was like that way. You you were very, very uh, you know careful not to criticize because it would get back. And I remember Craig O'Neill. He was doing the PA for uh, War Memorial. And
0: Is that why he got kicked out of doing
3: Well, that? Dale Nicholson called Frank Brols and said, Frank, you know we're the we the TV station of the Razorbacks, not Channel Eleven. Don't like what I'm saying. So Frank, so Frank calls Craig. Craig. I'm sorry, but we got to let you go. You know, and so that was uh, that was it. So it's yeah, it's a, it, but it's changes politics. Uh, yeah, there's politics. politics. So
0: you talked about this a little bit about how hard it is and when the show is over, do you overthink what you should have said or you didn't say and how does and and how do you mentally handle gaffes when you make them?
3: Yeah, I think sometimes gaffes are fun. We we, we like to we like to call ourselves the stupidest show cuz we're stupid. I want somebody to be screaming at the radio. You idiot. It's not that. It's not Wizard of Oz. You know, I mean, I want them to, to to be that engaged to go. If if we've said something wrong, that's what you want. You want that. You want that kind of that visceral reaction. So it's okay if we get it wrong. To me, you've done this long enough. The best things are the things you don't expect, and that turn out to be the most shocker. You know, mm-hmm. those are the things like you you look back and laugh at. You know, oh my gosh, did I really say that? Did that really happen? We had a call one time where a guy was waiting on hold for an hour. He
2: went to him. And,
3: And we've, we've got a clip of it. That's the funniest thing ever. So, yeah, I think people like real radio.
2: This episode of Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy is very entertaining if you love listening to the radio. We're getting a good profile of two of Little Rock's greatest radio personalities, David Basil, who you just heard from, and Pool Boy. Let's see what Pool Boy's radio life is like. Let's get up in my biz.
0: Okay, here you go. You sit. My alarm goes off at 320. I get to the radio station at 4.15. Then I plan for the day's show at 6 o'clock. The Heather and Poolboy show begins, and we go from there. Most people listen for about 10 or 15 minutes during their commute. My job is to make you laugh, get listeners into a good mood for work. So you prep for two hours before the show?
4: Mm-hmm. About what? Well, I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, you have so a lot much, of
0: content.
4: So much goes on between the hours we get off at 10 a.m., Till the time we go back on at six a.m. I mean, everything happens. Everything happens in in Hollywood, in sports, um, in just in your own community. And so to uh, try to condense all that into uh, you know four hours, but you know you're really not four hours with music and, and stuff like in that. So I mean, you've got to condense it down and find the best stuff you know to talk about for that day. And uh, so I get up. Well, first of all, you I- know I, I just I have to wake up. And so getting there, I mean, that's all part of it. So it's not like a, a sit down at four 15 and then I'm, you know, just doing nothing but research, but it's talking with the other jocks that are there in the stage. Cause we're, we're part of, we've got eight other radio stations in our building. And so oh. there's other people that are there. And so, you know, we're talking and, you know, we, we use them as sounding boards for topics or, you know, something that might've happened to them or um, you just, I'll use anything. So the alarm clock goes off at three twenty. It's really three ten. I said it for uh, I, Fast forward at ten minutes, so I really got a built-in like ten minutes. Oh. And uh, but yeah, so I get there at four, and then it's just you know talking, waking up, drinking a Mountain Dew, and uh, getting ready for today's show.
0: Yeah, I can't believe you don't drink coffee.
4: Uh, you know, I'm, Heather and I are rare breeds. I think we're the Heather only doesn't with, either. No, we're I think we're the only two in the building that do not drink coffee. I mean, there are guys there that crush it all day long. I mean, three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, they're still hitting cups of coffee.
0: It's probably why you don't have bad breath.
4: I've, that, yeah, I can't stand bad breath.
0: I know. So a good plug for Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of caffeine in it. Mm-hmm.
4: And I allow myself one. That's my one, my one thing you I just, do in the morning. And then that's water usually for the rest of the show.
0: Well, that's really, really good. So some of the things you do, uh, backstage Betty, I love how you give all these names for everything. Backstage <laughs> Betty, last day, Linda, uh, <laughs> the Miami vice drink for cruise ships,
4: uh, yeah, our our topics range from and, and
0: Heather's a spirit animal. She says, <laughs> you know,
4: <laughs> our topics can go anywhere and and everywhere, and that's the fun part about the show is that. You know, while I do try to come up with, well, while both of us try to come up with things to to talk about for the day, um, it it can change the uh, a drop of a hat uh, from a caller calling in and and asking a question to something we to uh, my texts into the show or emails into the show. I mean, any a comment can just steer the conversation in a totally different way, and that's what's fun that it's not so scripted and that we can be spontaneous and can have fun with it. And I think the audience really appreciates that. Um, you mentioned there that. Um, you know, typically somebody that's on their morning commute only has about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to listen to the show because everybody's busy and everybody's got a different routine and it's getting up and it's getting the kids ready, or maybe it's not, maybe it's just getting yourself ready or you and your husband get out the door or something. And so you get in your car and that's, that's your time. And we just want somebody to get to their destination in the morning with a laugh. Uh, we very Rarely we'll talk about politics or religion or anything like that. priests
0: yeah. and Stay uh, off those subjects. you know,
4: because we're all in it together. We're all on this morning commute together. And it's just like we're all friends riding in a car together. And we're just trying to make the best of it and just, you know, want to, want to laugh and just before you have to go to work and your grind, uh, we just want to get you there in a good mood.
0: That's a great way to say it. We're best friends in the car. We're all in the car together and we're best friends Mm -hmm. chatting it up. That's a great way to think about it. You talked this morning about the ghost of girlfriends past. I thought that was so funny because my girlfriends and I all got together and we all sat around and said, of all the people that you used to date, who would you go out with still? <laughs> and like nobody. <laughs> most yeah. of mine are dead. That's why they're exes. Well, because I left them for a reason. I grew up in the seventies that most of my male boyfriends are all dead. <laughs> um, so you're going to tell us how you got your name. I got two versions, one from you and one from Heather.
4: Um. Well, I mean, it's, it's no secret that, Growing up going to Catholic i, I had a job every day after school, I worked in an apartment complex, and i and I did clean pools. When I went off to uh, college, again, I, I cleaned pools and and why not? Why would you not clean pools at an apartment complex full of sorority girls? Um I oh, mean, it was he's just
0: no stupid it, guy.
4: Right. I mean, it just it made sense. Uh, so, so that was my job. That was on my resume because that's all I had at that point. You know, there wasn't much on my resume coming out of you know college and being a bartender and working, you know, some time in property management. And so when I first got to the station, um, I was like I said, I was willing to do anything and everything. I was a gopher. I'd go do this. I'd go do that. Somebody asked me to do something, I'd go. Uh, and so people, uh, I think, fondly referred to me as Station B word. Um,
0: station oh oh yeah. witch with a b
4: yeah um so th- it was that for a moment but then i as heather and i you know worked together more and more you know she was you know snapping her fingers ordering me to do this and that for her and uh you know i'd feed her grapes or fan her with a palm leaf or something <laughs> like that and then it was just it was just oh pool boy come in here and she'd snap her fingers and i'd get up and jump and you know go do whatever so that that's Kind I of how, thought and it stuck. I thought
0: it, she said one day a lady who used to work with us heard me ask him to get something for me and she
4: yelled "Oh pool boy." Yeah. Yeah, so someone else started but she took it on and, and you then know she every,
0: just ran with it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and the more and more she would snap her fingers and say "Oh pool boy." I mean it. It just stuck, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So. I, lo- I love nicknames. So you going to tell everybody what your real name is or is that a secret? Uh my name's Adam. That's right. Yeah. Like the first man. The first
4: man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> First man on radio, mm-hmm. um, and because you've been called pool boy so much, you know everybody thinks of you as pool boy.
4: Yeah, it's you know it's really it's really stuck. Uh, you know, people call me PB, pool, Mister um, Boy. I mean, I've. you yeah, had to change your checking account. I, I, I did. Um, checking account has changed. Credit cards say pool boy, because you couldn't like that. cash checks. Couldn't cash checks. That's right. I want you to tell us
0: your on-air contest for your tattoo and how it happened.
4: Didn't Which one? You?
0: Which one?
4: There's how 12. many you got? There's, what? You have to run a
0: contest every six months. Or
4: something? No, they're all actually results from from lost bets. Um, so every time you get drunk and make a bet with somebody, it's about a tattoo. It, somehow it turns into that. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a while since I've I've gotten one. I mean, it's been probably it's probably been three years since I lost my last bet.
0: Oh, you're growing up. I guess I don't know. I mean, but
4: I mean, I'm always, you know, I guess willing. I guess. What's
0: your okay? Tell us your favorite
4: tattoo story. Um,
0: the Catholic High one.
4: The Catholic High one. I bet uh, the principal of Catholic High that I would beat him in the Rocket 5K, and uh, the loser, if I said if I lost, that I would get a rocket tattooed on my arm, as drawn by a girl from Mount St. Mary's. <laughs> and so show enough, the yeah. older principal beat me <laughs> and I ended up having to get a rocket tattoo and it's now on my forearm or my, on my bicep. You like it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love Catholic high and so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. The one that bothers my mom is the unicorn, in rays of sunshine dancing on a cloud that is on my right butt cheek. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not her favorite. My favorite, I think, is Little Caesar that I have on the inside of my arm. That's probably my favorite. What'd or, you lo- how'd you lose that one? Well, that one was I had a weight loss team and we called ourselves the Hot and Readys. And I said, we were losing in this. It was kind of like a biggest loser type of competition where we weighted ourselves every week. And I said, we got to get it in gear, guys. I said, every week you guys come in underweight. I will get a new piece of the little Caesar guy tattooed on me. And so they came in, they did their work, they put their time in the gym and they showed up and they didn't, and they lost weight. They didn't gain any. And I'd go back to the, my, uh, my guy at uh, Noma's tattoos. And he would give me a new piece of the little Caesar guy. And little so, Caesar pizza, little, yeah, pizza, pizza guy. Oh my so God. he's in a little toga. He's got the spear with two pizzas on it. And every week he'd come back and fill in a little <laughs> bit more, draw the arm you, so, could be, so,
0: uh, you could be on, on their commercial.
4: You'd think it would give me more free pizzas. You would think so. But it, it doesn't. I mean, I've gone into the restaurant wearing tank tops and everything and just flexing, but nothing. <laughs> nothing. Not even a crazy bread.
0: <laughs> All, right. All right. Now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Pool Boy. He's going to tell us some of his favorite stories, one of which is the story of your first date with your wife and mm-hmm. how you asked your wife to marry you. And then we'll hear a little bit about your new, about being a dad and your son, and we'll get DJ tips on how to get started in the
1: business. At flagandbanner.com, we share your anguish at the sites from Ukraine every night. Mothers and children in strollers fleeing their homeland and their brothers, husbands, and sons fighting to defend their unjustly attacked country. Displaying the Ukraine flag lets the world know your heart is with the Ukrainian people. Flagandbanner.com has lots of ways for you to display your allegiance to freedom, celebrate your patriotism, and show your colors. Log on and look through our website, flagandbanner.com. Arkansas's flagandbanner.com is more than just a flag store. Open six days a week.
0: You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with radio personality Pool Boy from The Morning Show, Heather and Pool Boy on Alice 107.7, Little Rock, Arkansas. All right. When I first met you, I called you and asked you if you would be a DJ for Dancing Into Dreamland, our fundraiser to try and get an elevator for the Dreamland Ballroom. Uh And you said, oh, yes, I would just love to. I love dancing. And you told me the story of the first date with your wife.
4: Uh, So... My wife and I actually met. Um, we were both on a committee for the Children's Protection Center. That's how that's how we met. Um, at first, um, I kind of thought she had a little RBF. Um, What's th- that mean? Resting bee face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, I got
0: to get up in the lingo. Okay. And, uh,
4: and so, and I, I thought she was kind of standoffish, and then. Uh, I don't know. We the more and more we worked together and, and worked on this committee together, we got to know each other. And then um I asked her out, and she you know said no or had something come up. And I you know asked her out again, and you know she'd said no, and something would come up. And 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 then so I gave it like one last one last ditch effort. And I there was other powers working against me. I think I think she heard stories about who I was Mm -hmm. and and things like that. And so Mm -hmm. I think she, so with good reason, I thought she was probably a little, a little standoffish, but I wasn't willing to to give up quite yet. So I knew that if I could, this sounds, this is gonna sound weird, but I knew if I could get her alone and, and let her see me, I I knew that we might hit it off. And, and so I I wanted to do, uh, have a fun date for us to, for her to get to know me and, get to see a different side of me than what she probably heard on the radio. And so um, I had some friends at Fred Astaire dance studio where I had taken some dance lessons in the past for a competition, which resulted in me getting a pink unicorn tattooed on my butt. Um, (laughs) Lost that competition to Meredith Mitchell uh, from channel 11. And so that's why I've got that one. Um, And so um, I'd found out that Jenny, that's my wife's name. Her favorite song at the time was a song called Like a G6, um, which is this. uh, You remember that song? Y'all remember that song? Like a G6. Everybody's
0: nodding their head. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And it, it was just one of those songs. It was just at the moment that's her song. And so I go to my friends at Fred Astaire Dance Studio, Chris and Malia, and I said, what dance would you do to like a G cause you can ballroom dance to just about anything. Right, It's just, and, and the, and these dancers know what kind of beat that is. If you've watched dancing with the stars, you know, that they dance to anything and everything. And so they worked up a dance for that song. And so I took Jenny to the dance studio for a dance lesson for our first day, for our first date. And, um, we, you know, we got in there and they, I think they put some shoes on her, you know, some dance heels or something. And, um, and then they put on like a G6 and she was like, what? And and it was just, it was just kind of funny. And so there was a laugh there. Um, I got to, I got to touch her, not in like a creepy way at all, but like, you know, you know how it is like when you went out on that first date and you, or maybe it was a second date and you, Uh, ushered the lady in with your hand on the small of her back, or it was, you know, you held hands or you put your arm, you you know, you had that moment. And, and I knew that if I could just, I knew that I wanted to touch her, but again, not, and I know it sounds like a creepy way, but I wanted to dance with her. I wanted to hold her. (laughs) Uh And that's what that, it took, what that dance lesson just took down all the walls, I guess, kind of between us. And we Mm -hmm. were just able to be, you know pool boy and jenny adam and jenny and it was just it was a a moment that we had and it was and it was awesome
0: and uh, the rest is history
4: rest is history we've been together ever since ever since that day and uh it's we very rarely dance anymore. I was going to say, do uh, y'all still take dance lessons? We don't. Uh, and every now and again, we'll try to remember uh, you know, our dance to like a G6.
0: You need um, to do that for your anniversary.
4: I know. but So when we got married, we went back to Chris and Malia at Fred Astaire, and they choreographed our first dance song. And um, it was to John Lennon's Woman. And um, we danced that song to a guy performing it live, Brian Nolan. Um, he does um, a lot of great music here around central Arkansas. And so he he came up, we never danced to it with him performing it live. And we'd only done it to a CD. He learned the song, he knew the song, but he did it spot on the day of. And we did it flawlessly at our uh, at our wedding. It was beautiful, worked out.
0: I love so. There's that's your wedding. That's your wedding dance. You have two dances. Yeah, your first date dance and your wedding dance. Yeah,
4: we have two dances. Neither of which we can remember.
0: So tell everybody. I read this online. You didn't tell me this personally, but I read online about your proposal.
4: Um. So, we. I knew I wanted to marry her, and I was just waiting for the right time, and it worked out. We went to. We had a trip planned to Florida and my family was going to be down there um, with us as that's who we were going with. And um, I'd, I'd saved up all this money and I'd gone to sissies and I'd found the perfect ring. And my mom helped me. I took my mom. Oh, good. Took I my about mom. That. But I, but I, I knew my, my, I knew my four C's now. I mean, I'd, I'd researched it. I knew Your about what? four C's cut clarity. Um, what is the other ones?
0: Uh oh he used Come on, to know his four C's. I did the, I
4: don't even know him. at the time I did my uh I did I did my research. I mean I knew everything. Yeah, look up, look up the four C's, yes, um, make it, it Yeah,
0: <laughs> look, everybody's got their phone out. out. <laughs> They're like, what are the four C's? <laughs> Cut clarity, uh uh carrot.
4: Carrot, good one. Uh and, and I, it may be cost, I don't know. Oh, or calls. cloudiness. I don't know. Anyway. uh uh-huh. um, so, no, Clarity
0: would be cloudiness, aren't Yeah, me? So
4: I did that. And um I started feeling a a little, well, it shouldn't just be my family that gets to be in on this. So I contacted her family and it just worked out that they were able to come down there as well, unbeknownst to my wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went out uh, to have dinner and then we had dinner and we came back to the condo and um, I said, Hey, let's, let's ditch the rest of the family and let's let's go walk on the beach and you know, go, you know, down to the bar down there and get a drink or something. And so we're walking and, um, and I I was just, I was looking for a place to do it. There was just so many people around, you know, catching sand crabs at night and, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Kids running off. Oh man, I don't want an audience when I do this. And so, luckily there was like a house that was being remodeled right there on the beach. And so there was nobody of course at that house at the time. So that beach space in front of that house was, uh, was empty. And so we kind of walked up there and I was like, Hey, look at this house. Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't this be neat if we owned this blah, blah, And, uh, and then she looked off in the distance at the, you know, something at the waves. And then when when she turned around, I was on, I was on one knee holding the diamond and uh, thinking, God, don't drop this in the sand. And, uh, and she said, yes. And then she said, well, let's, let's go back and you know tell your family. Did they know? And I was like, no, they don't know anything. And, and what, of course they knew it all. And then, so we get, we get back to the condo and then we come up the stairs and there's her family and my family. And it was just, it was awesome. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a, for a better turnout. It was, it was great.
0: Will you marry me?
1: Okay. <laughs> I got the four Cs. Okay, all it right. is carrot, color, clarity, and cut. Color,
0: dang. It. Cut, dang. cut, not cost. Yeah, 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 You are such a romantic. I am, see why everybody loves poor Boy. <laughs> I mean, they love it, and
4: you share all this on the radio. I'm sure every bit of it. Um, my life is an open book, and I share. Um, I probably share too much. Uh, but that's. I mean, like I said, you know, we're all in this together. If, you know, if I'm experiencing it chances are somebody else out there is experiencing it. And I just think it's, it's, it's important to, to share our stories and to connect with our listeners in that way and just, and, and, and share everything. I mean, it's, you know, what I'm, if you want to ask me a question, ask me a question. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to shy away from it. I just, I feel like if my story can help you in any way, then that's awesome. Then that, that's what I'm here to do.
0: And that's really what this show is about is kind of paying it forward. And I think a lot of people, men are kind of uh, shy about talking about stuff like that. I think men are as sensitive as women, but I think they're just a little more guarded about showing that sensitivity.
2: It's not every day that you get a look at the personal side of people that you listen to on the radio every day, but that's why this show is great. We're visiting with two of Little Rock's biggest radio personalities. You just heard a lot about Pool Boy's personal life. Let's revisit some time with David Basil. I have one of your big
3: flags. You remember what it was? You don't even remember that, do you? Mm -mm. So when 9-11 happened, I used to live in the Tough Nut building. I was in oh, yeah, the right. corner, and there was no high-rises there. There was nothing. The, the exit ramp that went down the t- River Market was— Oh, that was you? That was me. So oh. I bought your, like, 15 feet tall by mm-hmm. 30 feet wide, or maybe it was bigger than—maybe that. it was 50 by 50, and I hung it on the side of the building. I still have pictures of that, That came, and I still have that somewhere, but I hung it there on the side of the tough nut. When they're, you know, now you can't see anything downtown because of that, but, that, but back then there were no, no high you rises. You
0: were a real early uh, adopter of living downtown. Yeah, I was
3: the first. I was the first in the tough nut. Was really the first. And that you was still a, live downtown? No. No, I, I moved back out west. And then I moved to uh, over there by the big damn bridge Now, so,
0: so before there. the meeting, uh, before the interview, I asked David if he'd ever been married. Once. And I was like, what? I was like, what? I can't believe you were ever married. In, in you 90s. get so much.
3: Yeah, listen. Uh-huh. Grief. I, I, I uh-huh. didn't. Listen, I didn't. I didn't date in high school. I didn't date the first girl. I mar- the first girl I dated was a girl I married. So I was. a am not. am not good in relationships. Are you a
0: confirmed bachelor?
3: Uh, yeah. I've seen somebody now. I have for four years. And so, is she listening? Uh, I don't know if she will be. She knows who you are. So great girl. But but listen, people. The girls put up with me. She puts up with me. But I'm. I'm crazy. I'm busy. I'm doing things all around the clock. My hours are terrible. I'm not a good boyfriend. But yeah, I I admit it. But she puts up with me.
0: I don't know. I don't know about all that. You're modest. Let's talk about your relationship with longtime athletic director, the late Mr. Frank Broyles. How did you get to know him?
3: He was the athletic director when I played. But he was always gone. He He was always doing the ABC weekend game with Keith Jackson. So we didn't see him much. So once I graduated, I knew he was a legend, even though I'm not from here. So I went to him and said, "Coach, what if I I saw where you had the most amazing assistant coaches? There's not an assistant coach of the year award. Would you let me start one, David? If you don't have to, if you will not ask anybody else in the state of Arkansas for money that gives to the Razorback program, you could do that. I'd be honored for you to do that. Well, that's uh, uh, yeah, I know. So, so, so I did, for nothing. I did the Bruels Award, and he, and he he said, David, if you have any other ideas, you did such a good job on the Bruels Award. Bring me other ideas." So that's when I brought Tusk, starting the, the, the live mascot program. That's when I did the battle for the boot. So uh, he was great. He was such a, when he, carry wa- when he would walk in a room, oh. he would light it up. And listen, there are other coaches that maybe won more, but would, nobody had the, the charisma that Frank Brawls had, that Southern drawl, and he was he was impressive.
0: So how did you get the money if you couldn't go to anybody that was already giving to the Razorback program?
3: I borrowed $100,000. No, you did not. I did. How was, old were you? There was a banker. I was twenty-five. Wow You bought, I, There was a banker. He he. May he rest in peace. Name was Joe Ford. Not the. And he was. He loved Ohio State. And he lent me money. I, I borrowed forty thousand dollars, sixty thousand. It got up to hundred thousand because nobody had enough money. Nobody believed in the award. So I said the only way I'm going to get this thing done. Took me seven years to pay it off. And now the award is one of the most recognizable awards. And the cut. matter of fact, the hottest coach in America who just got the Texas job, Steve Sarkeesian, won the Brule's Award, and he's, his contract is $5 million a year. So, uh, But I knew I had to do that to make it work. I, didn't, I wasn't married at the time, didn't have kids. So I said, I'm, I'm all in. This, this is the only way I'm going to make it. Joe Ford, if i one time I went to Joe about getting some money, and Joe said, David, I can either cut you a check for the Brule's Award, or I can cut Coach Brule's a check for the Razorback Foundation. I said, Joe, you make sure you take good, you take good care of break Brawls. I'll deal with the Brawls Award. That's what I was. He that's has what enough I money with.
0: to do both. I know he
3: should have. <laughs> but anyway, that's how, that's how it started. That's a so so you seven know, years. Took me seven years to pay it. I was paying 700, so you're
0: not making any money off. No, of this? I don't pay, I don't I,
3: don't, listen, I was paying seven hundred dollars a month in debt service to the Brawls Award.
0: Where did this love of? Uh, of uh, rec- uh, recognizing people,
3: it, because it's fun to do. I love to do things that nobody's done, and nobody had created an assistant coach of the year. Nobody done it, and now, now every time you open your paper, somebody's referencing. He was a World finalist. He's a Brawlsword nominee. Yeah, now, the, now the NFL's done that. They've done an assistant coach of the year. Uh The Touchdown Club, thousands of people come to Touchdown Club every fall. They love it. You know, seniors are coming. That's all I need, I don't need to make any money. It, it's about it, it, it. Don't it? Don't listen. I, I, that's not why I do it. I do it because it—it it feels good. It's different. It's creates. It's like Jenny's Osborne. You know, I, you know, he used to do things because he loved the reaction he'd get from people.
0: I'm the same way. I want to tell everybody that you can hear David every weekday. at six o'clock in the morning to ten. I think I listened yeah, to ten today. It's that's early. That's early. But it's early. Four hours is a lot of work. Don't let. It. He makes it look easy, people. It's not easy. And you can also see you on Razorback football games days uh because you are yeah. behind the scenes yeah. i like always what you have to say about what their kids are like in the locker and yeah. what the coach is talking about i really like all that behind the scenes yeah. stuff Had, that you talk about
3: got 100 straight games eight years for, the no. ch- for channel seven at missed a game in eight years please tell
0: me you get paid for that a little bit okay good
2: and finally a couple more minutes with pool boy
0: look what you get you get an arkansas razorback what is that? A two? Uh, oh, floaty. A floaty. Because he's a, a pool, boy. Awesome. pool boy. You're a pool boy. That works out perfect. Well, you know, Flag and Banner has that huge Razorback section. And Tim this today said, we've got to give him one of those Razorback floaties. Oh!
2: <laughs>
0: so I want to tell my listeners, if you have a great entrepreneurial story you would like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions at upyourbusiness.org and someone will be in touch. And finally, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program has been about you, you're right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up in Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up.
1: You've been listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, contact me, Gray, at flagandbanner.com. Carrie's goal is simple to help you live the American dream.